You are listening to the Ingredients for Success podcast, where you can consume dietary supplement industry best practices, trends, recent news, and other insights provided through interviews and discussions with members of the Stratum team and seasoned industry execs. Welcome back to the Ingredients for Success podcast. I'm Andrew Rice. And I'm Jackie Riso. And today we have Fred Hart with us. Welcome, Fred. Good to be here. Thanks for the excuse to put on pants today. Yes, perfect. <laughs> or not. Maybe you don't. It's a web call, so who knows? We don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. So Fred is the creative director and partner at Interact Boulder. Uh, it's a branding and packaging design firm right in the heart of the natural foods movement. Um, Fred helps usher in good food revolution amongst the changing of the guards and CPG. Fred's guilty pleasure is walking through the grocery stores like they're a museum. Uh, his inability to grow a beard and lack of tattoos and non-existent flannel collection isn't or hasn't held him back from making a dent in the beer industry. We're going to talk about that, I guess, here in one second so we can figure out what he means by that. Uh, some of his notable interact clients there are Dogfish Head Brewery, uh, the fastest growing wine brand in the country, which is Fitvine, the fastest growing jerky brand in the country being Archer, the free from category creator Enjoy Life Foods, and many of the disruptive brands changing the landscape of big food. That's a lot, Fred. Uh, you've, you've done a lot. I uh, love Interact. love what you guys are doing there. Um, can we go back to the flannel shirt? <laughs> Growing a beard? Uh, what, making a dent in the beer industry? Can you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah. I mean, there, there are not a lot of unbearded, unflanneled, untattooed men in the craft beer space making noise. So it's okay. kind of a point of pride at this, at this okay. stage. And, um, you know, as you noted, one of our notable clients is Dogfish Head, which was bought up by Samuel Adams, Boston Beer Company, maybe a, a year ago. Um, but we were the first agency to work with Dogfish Head in their 21 year existence at the time and, and did some really profound things for them. So it's something I'm very proud of along with the team. All right, cool. Well, stick your guns, man. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess you're stereotyping. I, before we get into the podcast, since we're stereotyping, I, I just want to say, Jackie, you, you know I love my stuff. I got a new belt. I got a new belt. So I was talking about golf with a buddy of mine. I was talking about golf belts. And he's like, hey, you got to try this belt. So I'm like, all right, I trust you. So I order the belt. It is literally the greatest belt I've ever put on my waist. Um, okay. You have to tell us why this is so important. <laughs> okay. So it's super stretchy. Like it, it's a stretchy material, but still it's really hard to explain. It's still Ooh. very like wholesome and sturdy. Like jeggings, like women's jeggings around your waist. Yes. Is this a karate belt? <laughs> it should be. Sounds it like a karate be. belt. I used to do jujitsu. If they made a jujitsu belt made out of this material, I probably would have won every tournament. It's so comfortable. Mm. <laughs> but I will say, so it's, it's, the brand is Arcade. So Fred, I'm going to say it's like 29 bucks. The best thing you're ever going to do and between now and ordering this belt is order the belt. And I'm going to tell you, it is a belt that belongs in Boulder, Colorado. 
The brand is called Arcade. And since you don't have the flannel or the beard, I would say go with the belt, arcade belt. So anyway. Or the man bun, right? Don't you have to throw that in? Flannel, beard, man bun. Yeah. Well, you got to have the pants on too in order to wear a belt, I think, unless you just let it sit on your hips. That's true. That's true. Very true. Very true. Very true. Okay. So, okay. And one other thing real quick. I apologize. But the other day when we were talking, Fred, and we went through some of the stuff some of the stuff that you're doing there, um, there at, at interact and kind of what you do or whatever. And then right behind you on the right, on your right hand side is the print I asked you about. So Jackie, you were on the call, I think. And I, I did secretly nerd out a little bit cause I do know what you meant by variable, variable printing. And I also meant what you meant by randomized. So I didn't say it out loud, but I was secretly, so it kind of like, Every time these things happen, I've been out of the agency world now for like, I don't know, four or five years. And like, I just want to go back to my glory days. Like I want to have that <laughs> conversation with the, with the person from the agency and just like, like mad, mad man it up or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I just want to let you know, it's kind of like the pigskin quarter mile type thing. I just, I always want to go to glory days. So I held back. Um, and so you'll thank me at some point because I talk too much. Anyway, okay, so we're gonna get into it right away. We like to do an icebreaker speed round. Um, so I'm gonna ask right. you, I'm just gonna say a couple of a couple of words and I just want you to give me a, a, a short answer, okay? Because I know you like traveling. It's, it's in a bio somewhere. You like to, you know, you like going to other cities. I, I completely agree, I love, I love, seen other architecture and culture and whatever. So, all right. Favorite city? Amsterdam. Of course. Okay. Of coolest, course. <laughs> coolest, coolest thing about that city? Bicycles, architecture, and art. Okay. All right. Thought you were going to say something else, so I'm glad we didn't. This is a family-friendly <laughs> show. Okay. I'm in Colorado. Uh, we got that. Okay. True. Uh, favorite artist or designer? Michael Beirut from Pentagram. Wow. Okay. Gonna have to look him up. Um, most recent mentor. Joel Wardy. He is the former CEO of Enjoy Life Foods. Very cool. Pencil sketch or computer sketch? What's a computer? True. All right. All right. All right. Favorite recreational activity? Basketball. Okay, so now that that little thing on LinkedIn makes sense. Okay, I got you. Uh, biggest packs design challenge. Complex systems. Lots okay. of stuff to design around. Several tiers of products, multiple products in a portfolio, all of it okay. working together. Okay, I like it. Favorite supplement. Vive Organic. That's a shameless plug for one of our clients. And then probably U Theory turmeric pills. Okay, all right. Good job. You made it. Made it all the way through. <laughs> Quick answers. Good job. All right. Um, so pencil or sketch, I agree. I just want to throw that in there. I always like asking other designers. I, I go to the I go to the sketch. I don't I can't do it on the computer. I have to have it on the paper. So Amen. All right. Um, all right. So let's get into getting to know you just a little bit. Um, so starting my career on the branding side and you're like, yeah, 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 I've heard. Um, and, and, and kind of 
at heart, just a, a huge, a very uber design nerd. Um, so I was, I was read, I, I read something that you had wrote and I was super glad to know that I'm not the only one, but the fact that you do, um, actually we said that in the intro, but, uh, that you do kind of just peruse the, the grocery store aisles or store aisles, like it's a museum. So I'm super glad, like for me, it's beer, wine, and then like the natural products aisles. I, I always go to, especially if I'm in a new store, kind of a crafty grocery store. Yep, I always yep. do that. Always, my wife knows I'm gonna be over there for 15 minutes. Just let it happen. <laughs> and so, um, but I will have to admit, I judge really, really harshly. Sometimes I even take notes. Like I really do. That's how bad I am. So I will like. So for the natural product brands out there, I'm secretly judging. Like they care, but I'm secretly judging the packaging. So let's let's make sure you, you do. Yeah. When you hired me about two years ago, that was one of the things that you said that you like to do. <laughs> oh, I did. And so hearing Fred Hart, I don't think you're as strange as I once thought you were. <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> oh, Thank you God. know better. Yeah, you know better. <laughs> okay. So with that said, what's your favorite pack design of all time? And then what about on the shelves right now? Um, of all time, I'd probably have to say Coke. I think there's just something about the longevity there, the consistency, and they have an iconic bottle silhouette, they have an iconic script, and they have an iconic color. And with those three things, they can proliferate their marketing till the end of time, and it's pretty impressive. So the, the constraints that they've put on themselves, I think has made them one of the more creative brands throughout history. Well said, love it. Okay. Um, so that's of all time right now. You, we're going to plug somebody again. Yeah, let's definitely plug somebody. All right. So, all right. <laughs> um, I'll say one of ours and then I'll say one of them that isn't ours. So country archer jerky, which is a redesign that we just did very proud of that work. And in terms of something that didn't come from our studio that I'm a big admirer of, I'd have to say Bonza Bonza. It's, um, chickpea pasta brand bright orange box in a category filled with traditional Italian cues and old heritage stuff. And they just completely went in there and knocked people around with something totally different. And it's amazing. I love it. With the, yeah. knocked, them, knocked them around with the bright orange colors and That's differentiation right. there. I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So out of all of your, out of all the designs that you've done, what is it about country Archer that stands out to you? Well, it's one of the more, recent things. So it's always okay. like you, you love the most recent thing you've done more. So what we care about really at interact is we care less about design awards. Um, and we care more about design effectiveness and country archer is one of those refreshes that we've done that already is having a huge impact on their business and bottom line. And that means a lot to us, not just because we're helping the business out, but the only way a business grows, it's, um, you know, velocities and other things is if it connected with the consumer. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Fred, how do you go about understanding an audience and then applying that to design? It starts with listening and knowing that we need an audience in the first place. Um, we're an agency that typically does not focus on design awards. It's design effectiveness. So the only way to be effective is to understand your audience. We've got a great strategist on our team that uses a lot of social listening tools that allows us to really kind of like, you know, peer in on people's lives and what they have to say without them 
being asked in an interview and post rationalizing and all of these other things. So we use tools like that. And then we really do a deep dive into the category and figure out, okay, of all of our competitors and all of these brands, who are they trying to talk to? And is there anyone that isn't being spoken to? So early on in my career, I was working for an agency and they were the ones that built monster energy drink. And it was pretty remarkable because they stumbled onto this kind of forgotten consumer, which is this like alternative exports, uh, adventurous type individual, which is very different from your Red Bull consumer and very different from your rockstar consumer. So we're always looking for that gap. We did a project recently in the hydration space and our uncovering there was that there's hardcore hydration, Gatorades and Powerades of the world. You're working the hardest. You're trying to be a max athlete. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's kind of this like really soft, like perfect yoga lifestyle type consumer. Right. Um, but most people really don't identify with either one of those. And so we developed a target persona called the alt, this alternative type of individual that needs daily hydration because most, I think 70% of Americans are dehydrated on a day-to-day -day basis. And they're also not, you know, winning an NBA championship or, you know, loving their yoga mats every single morning. And so like, how could we learn a little bit more about their lifestyle, what they care about, and then build a visual world that they could identify with? I love that. I think that I your it. alt persona, I think that's the majority of the consumers that are out there right now in our industry. Um, I actually hadn't heard of that term. Andrew, have you heard of that term? No, like, I did Alternative now. persona. Yeah. yeah, but I love that because it's not just trying to fit everybody in a box. It's, Definitely not. And it's the majority of the consumer, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as Andrew mentioned earlier, um, you know, your company is branding the, a branding and packaging firm at the heart of the natural foods movement. Um, can you share with us what are the biggest mistakes you see companies make in designing branding? So one of our core principles is this notion of challenge the category, not the consumer. And oftentimes, because we're in the natural food space, we're working with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs oftentimes don't understand that one of their biggest assets is bravery. Um, mm. There's a great quote that the opposite of bravery is not cowardice, but conformity. So conformity, I'd say at the end of the day is what we fight a lot. People come to us with an expectation that it should look like this or look like that. But oftentimes they're just kind of mimicking something else or they're taking conventional thinking that someone else has brought into the marketplace and identifying with that as best practice. So we always pause them and say, let's figure out what we can challenge here because you have to challenge to stand out, but let's not be different for different sake. It has to come with meaning. So for instance, if we're talking craft beer, if I've got a male audience and I really want to stand out in you know huge shelves of craft beer these days, I could make my brand magenta and it would stand out, but it would probably simultaneously alienate my male demographic. <laughs> so it just goes to say that, you know, figure out what to challenge first and then go one step further. One of my, one of the easiest kind of like uh, examples to point to is Boom Chicka Pop. So Boom Chicka Pop, Pop, Popcorn, everyone's probably had it at this point. A lot of brands, even to today, focus on showing you product. Who doesn't know what popcorn looks like? Whose popcorn <laughs> looks different from another brand's popcorn? So, if, you know, I would say that they're like, okay, everyone knows what popcorn looks like. Why do we need to waste precious real estate on that? Instead, let's focus on personality, on attitude, 
on a color palette that really speaks to flavor and fun without having to do all the typical tropes. And um, I think that's one example among many other things that led to some of their success. Yeah, I like that, Fred. I think asking the questions and, and challenging and those things, and, and it, is, it is one of those, um, in fact, this is kind of in a question on another podcast we're gonna have, but um, we could, like the monkey see, monkey do's or the copycats that are out there, you can right. see them on Amazon. So like, I'm a huge fan of Ghost. I love what they've done with Oh, their- yeah, yeah. I love what they do with their messaging. They do some really great social stuff. Their influencer stuff has been, I think, really just top level since they launched. And I, it was like two weeks after um, we, I don't know, had been talking about Ghost or whatever. Uh, and I go to Amazon and bam, there's this company who <laughs> completely ripped. Now, I don't think it's on there anymore, but they completely ripped ghost package design off but what didn't they what did they not have they didn't have the messaging the it was it was it was like subpar ghost right it's like going soulless yes it was completely soulless you know and i think that's what you're talking about is just like you know i i love that um and and totally agree that more brands just be you and find somebody like your agency that's going to allow you to be you ask the questions to really find out how your customer is going to resonate with you as a company and do that stand out yeah but don't like you said don't don't throw on don't slap on magenta and somebody else's logo ish and throw it on the in the aisle at at the uh, local store because us us guys you know, you, you with your non beard and non flannel shirt going in to get your craft beer and me who just me going in to get <laughs> my craft beer, you know, it's, it's completely different. We're not going after magenta. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yep. Recently you spoke at the consumer VC summit on how COVID is affecting our industry. Um, I think it goes without saying that, uh, it has pushed our industry to become more digital in what ways would you describe COVID has affected the natural products industry? Number of ways. Um, and we're still figuring out how it's affecting everything. But a couple of key ones that we talked about at the summit were, uh, tying back actually to your original question about kind of audiences, it's helping mm-hmm. brands get to know their consumer a lot better because they have a lot more touch points that they're working with now because e-commerce and DDC is on fire. The other thing that COVID has done to affect small brands, especially in natural and emerging, is it's deprioritized innovation. Um, A lot of stores and retailers are changing all of their category resets and category reviews to 2021, which means they're not uh, facilitating this amazing world of innovation that has really been pushing uh, natural and organic forward. So with that, brands have to figure out how to sell that innovation online. But I think it's actually a good thing because they're now having to hyper-focus on an audience and they're getting a bunch of direct feedback on how they're working. So there's a lot of wins in general, although certainly, you know, talk to any real entrepreneur and they'll tell you some of them, it's it's been an absolute nightmare. Even if the brand's on fire, logistics, fulfillment, all of that stuff, that's a whole nother headache. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll kind of stop there. Yeah. It almost seems like it's a good reset button. If I can find the silver lining of COVID, 
like a good reset button to where we can actually look within and see what is our product doing and what does it look like? Because when you said deprioritize innovation, I've never thought of that because it's innovate, innovate, innovate. We hear that all the time, but now it's hold up. We got to reset and see what our design looks like online. It's actually forced us to be more online, more digital. Yeah, your point about reset is, is spot on. And we've actually seen that in terms of our own business. So because we only work with the food and beverage industry, we have a pretty good pulse on what's happening. You know, COVID happens and all projects stop. Everyone's unsure. And then this last month, we probably had the best month of business in five years. And it's because people are suddenly reinvesting in their brands, um, making sure that they're well-suited for acceleration, that if they do turn on the innovation pipeline, that now these new products that they're launching make sense with the core portfolio that they have and how to manage all of that stuff, or um, they're making another push into retail because there are some good signs in retail right now. It's not just only online grocery shopping. And what a great time to do that. I think while consumers are more in tuned with their health more than ever. And so Absolutely. I, feel like, I feel like that's kind of a hand and glove combination there that actually helps the brand while consumers are looking and that's why our industry growth, the market, you know, when you look at the numbers, it's just huge. Yep. It's hand and glove. So Fred, once the, talking to more startups, the entrepreneurs or the, or, or the younger companies, you know, once, once they, they go online and, and, and enter and or enter the competitive kind of retail environment, what are some of the things that that brand, that company needs to think about differently? Yeah, it's a good question. So obviously if you exist online, the shopping behavior and path to purchase is totally different. I've got all of the information there at my fingertips. Even if I'm on Amazon, I've got like all of the text right there. So it puts less reliance on the packaging to do all the heavy lifting. But what we're seeing, and we've got a couple clients right now, like for instance, we're working with the men's uh, body care, skincare brand that's doing 70 million online and they've never even entered retail before, but they're about to unlock retail. And, and we've seen this time and time again. So whether that's online darlings like Soylent, uh, that's now in 7-Elevens around the world, or it's Casper or the mattress company, which is now has some of their own um, pop-ups inside of uh, um, other stores and things of that name, like West Elm and stuff. Everyone eventually goes to brick and mortar. And when you get to brick and mortar, it gets competitive. So what we're helping this men's skincare brand understand is one, good design matters. They've existed with mediocre design online, but they've spoken to their audience really well. So they've kind of looked past that. But once you have to compete with other well-crafted brands, you need to up your game. So that's one. And then two, you need to really focus on what does a consumer care about that's going to make them want to purchase. Now, this shouldn't be an arms race of who's got more claims on their pack. This is not a NASCAR event where I want all my sponsorship deals all over my package. Um, but it is understanding what matters most to them. And also, is there anything that you can talk about that differentiates you from the other brands? And then, you know, managing a portfolio of product on shelf. If you have several different soaps with different scrub levels, with different moisturizing levels, if you have um, shampoos and conditioners, as well as body soaps. Like how do you differentiate all those things? So once I've identified, this is my brand, it's now easy to shop 
and understand the differences. So I don't, I don't grab one thing thinking it's another. No one wants to wash their body with hand soap. That's true. No, I know I don't. <laughs> no, I need the exfoliation and like I do. I'm know, sure you do. <laughs> all, all of that. All of it. Yeah. yeah give me the sandpaper. Yeah. I secretly use my wife's soap and shampoo just <laughs> because I feel like it works better. I thought you would get through the Zoom. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> man, I'm glad somebody noticed. Thanks, Jackie. Yeah, right. Your skin is glowing. Is that, is that helpful? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, well, my camera's not working very well. It's all fuzzy. And then I got this light coming in. So it probably is glowing, but it's not because of the soap. I can imagine. <laughs> anyway. So, all right, Fred, it's been awesome hearing and, and learning from your experience and what you all do at Interact and, and the amazing things and, that you do for your customers and the, and quite frankly, the links that you go to your, for your customers, you guys know the category. Well, um, just really, really love having you on and hearing from you. So we'll just wrap it up. And in order to do so, if you had three things that you wanted a, a finished product brand and the natural product space to know right now, or to gain or to remember from mm -hmm. this, podcast what are those so for starters the opposite of bravery is not cowardice but conformity and so the second one will be challenge the category not the consumer biggest thing that an entrepreneur has is the ability to take risk and that means creative risk as well um, and then finally i think a third thing would be a mantra that we recite daily like it's the pledge of allegiance in the side of our studio which is people don't read they recognize and that's profound. And, and you really have to think about and understand that for a second. If you gave me a newspaper or if I was in a class and you gave me the syllabus for the year or I'm driving around and there are billboards out, I have to make a conscious decision to read something. I can choose to ignore it. But if I flash the Batman symbol up into the sky, you can't choose to ignore that. You immediately oh. recognize it. And so the best brands in the world have something recognizable. It could be a color. It could be a brand mark or icon. Think about the golden arches. The color could be Coke red, could be Tiffany blue, teal, whatever it is, or it could be structure. Think of the method soap bottle, this very elegant, beautiful thing, or anything that's going on in the spirits category. Um, those are three assets that every brand should consider how they can leverage within their own company to create recognition. Well said, my man. Well said. Okay. Very well, said. well, again, we're going to get off. Um, we're going to close this thing down, but we really appreciate your time and you coming on and sharing, sharing your insights, Fred. My pleasure. Thanks for giving me an excuse to dress up. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank we'll you, talk Fred. To you All right, guys. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.